Hey, welcome to the Calling Home Podcast. I just wanted to record a quick little preamble to say that uh, I recorded this episode next to a busy street, kind of like the uh, the Casablanca episode, so uh, everything's leveled out, so like the podcast itself doesn't really get too loud. Instead, what happens is when the traffic is loud, it drowns out the uh, the talking. So the talking goes from kind of a normal level to way in the background so you can't hear it too much to back up. And that's why it's just because of the traffic. So uh, hopefully in the future I can try to avoid traffic. But uh, this is one of them there, traffic episodes. So just so you know that that's coming, I hope you enjoy. Hello. Hi, it's me. Man, I'm uh, things you're calling late tonight. Uh, am I? I don't know. I, I feel like I'm calling you. <laughs> I, I, I think this is. Oh wait, maybe you're right because I guess we said 7:30 your time, right? It's 8:30 our time. Yeah. See, yeah, that's why I got confused. I forgot about the time change. Yeah. So you're right. I guess I'm calling late. Um, yeah, and I'm in like the worst spot. It's just like really loud and crappy. <laughs> just not not the worst actually. That time when I went to see Casablanca was the worst, but I'm on another busy street with a, a phone booth with a, like the glass missing out of it so it doesn't stop oh, noise. Yeah. And the actual oh. phone sucks too, I can hear like the quality of it's not very good, but... Well, what should we chat about tonight? Man, well, <laughs> what's on my mind is just uh, extremely pedestrian and lame, but uh, I, uh, I just the other day it was kind of neat, I had like a hole in one of my shirts, so I just got like some... Uh, just went and bought a needle and thread and like had to look up on YouTube how to sew a hole in a shirt and I was like oh cool that was easy and I totally fixed my shirt but then I got these uh these shoes that like uh, I used to just buy Walmart sneakers that are like you know twenty dollars and then they just fall apart immediately so I got good shoes this time like actual brand name shoes and same thing I've had them like six weeks maybe and both of the heels have like become detached like I don't know, it's hard to explain, to describe, like, there's the rim around the bottom of the shoe, and the heels just, like, aren't connected anymore, <laughs> they're, like, all floppy, and, like, man, this sucks, like, even if you buy, maybe I should just buy terrible Walmart shoes and com- totally replace them, so I was trying to figure out, in a similar way, of, like, trying to fix your own stuff, like, I think maybe I can get some, like, crazy glue, crazy glue my shoes back together, but I don't know, that's literally all I have on my mind, is, like, man, I can't believe these shoes already broke. Probably take uh, a glue, and then you'd have to put weights on them. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, see, that's all. Maybe, maybe like a big elastic. I don't know if that'll work. Yeah, like you can't really fix shoes like this, right? You know what? I have never had a whole lot of success in fixing shoes, anyway. Yeah, but I mean, I tried all the the glues and the stitching, and it's just the. And I mean, there's just something about shoes. They just. I gotta. I feel like I gotta try something though, because these shoes were like fifty-five dollars. How can they already be like it's you fucking take insane? Them back. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I did walk around in them a lot, and they just. Uh... But even so, <laughs> I mean, you pay fifty-five dollars for shoes. You should get, you know, months out of them, a year out of them. Well, I mean, I definitely don't have any receipts or anything. Uh, so there, there must be something faulty with the shoes, though. That shouldn't happen. I don't know. I mean, maybe shoes just suck shit. I don't know. <laughs> like maybe I just always assumed like I'm living. I'm living this lame Walmart life with these cheap shoes, but I don't know. Maybe shoes aren't any good. I mean, they always say they're all third world built anyway, right? Like, I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't know. one thing if you spend twenty bucks for a pair of something and then you spend fifty-five dollars for it, should you should get some mileage out of it. Yeah, I was pretty surprised at how fast they fell apart. I mean, there's days when I mean I walk around for like three, four hours in a day. Most days actually. <laughs> I walk like crazy, but uh but yeah, I was still surprised how fast these shoes fell apart. It's pretty lame. So I mean that's it's not much of a topic, but that's <laughs> that's what's been on my mind is these shitty shoes. Well, we had to spend all kinds of money and get all the trees down at the office taken down. We had we had those big poplars that were outside, right? Outside uh, on Union and Gibson Street. Yeah, so that was kind of a little. So no luck about getting the city to take them or anything. I didn't even bother asking them. Right. I don't think they belong to the city. I think they were put there by the boys when they bought that building in 1936. I don't know if they put them in 1936. I mean, I don't know when they put them, but. Uh, so anyway, they took out all six of them. There was even one that was a great big healthy looking thing, but I figured it was time for it to go to. Just for like... the same age. In case of future storms, is that what this is about? Well, yeah. Well, I mean, two of them came down. I guess I was talking to you and I told you about... Yeah. The one that came and took out the power mast, and then the other one that came and hit on the power line next door. So, anyway. So it looks pretty naked down there at the corner now. Hmm. Weird. Yeah, it's always weird too, like, because I don't come home that often. Stuff like that, where you just, uh, I still to this day find it weird that our house is blue and not brown. And I mean, it's been blue for 20 years. <laughs> yes, and it was brown, and it was brown. That's right, it was kind of shit brindle brown, I always called that. And it was white when we first got it. Oh, really? I don't remember that at all. The milk, you weren't born. <laughs> well, that would explain it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> if I had a past life, it was not in Fredericton, New Brunswick. Yeah, just because yeah, you get that sort of idea in your head about what a place looks like. Even uh, when I left Toronto just for the two months that I was in New York, I was amazed when I came back just because of the speed that things change in Toronto. Just how different it was and all these new stores and other stores that were closed. God, this fucking street. So, uh, so I mean, I imagine Vancouver is going to be bananas because I haven't been there in 2007. It must be, what, five years? It was 2007 was the last time I lived there, so longer than that. Eight oh, years. Seven years. Eight years. Yeah. So, I mean, that's going to be kind of neat, I think, like just to hit up all the old neighborhoods. And that's where even if I don't stay particularly long, I kind of think I will. But if I don't, even just for that, it'd be kind of neat just to see how things are different. Oh, just in case you don't notice, I gave you a little bit of extra money this time around. Oh, I mean, yeah, I didn't really check, but uh, thank you. Because, yeah, it's going to... So, uh, basically, it's looking like the, we're kind of setting up a little thing with... But whatever friends I still have in this stupid province, <laughs> we're setting up a thing where we're going to get like a, a cottage by a lake or whatever. And I think it's mid-July we're going to go do that. So I'm going to hang out and do that. And then, uh, so then sometime in late July, I'm guessing, is when I'll head out west. Like a little before August hits, so I have some time to sort things out before the, the new month starts. So, so what, you're going to rent a place for like a week or... Uh, yeah, I guess well, they did it last summer, but it was that three weeks that I was back home, so I missed it. But uh, yeah, just for a weekend, like a long weekend or something. And uh, apparently it was real fun last year. And it's not that expensive. I mean, it's a little pricey. It's like $120 per person, I think. But I mean, hey, for a final hurrah or whatever, that would be cool. In what lake? Lake Ontario, I presume. Uh, I don't know. We went to a place once that was on Lake Erie, I think. But uh, that was some years back, and we lost access to that. It was like this guy that my friend Mike knew. It was like his uh, his parents' place. So it was only one summer, but uh, so I don't know. I have no idea because there's a whole bunch of lakes around here. 
I don't really know my geography. Yeah, and it's, uh, I mean, Ontario is famous for its cottage country, mm. which is, yeah. everybody seems to leave the city and have cottages on these lakes. Yeah, when, and uh, some of them are pretty friggin' fantastic cottages from what I've seen in magazines. When, uh, yeah, when I was dating Erica, her family had uh, the, the classic northern Ontario cottage. It was, it was, yeah, it was pretty good. Man, though, it is weird, though, especially, like, just where I am now just happens to be, you know, I just left the house and was like, all right, I'll just go walk someplace, find a coffee shop, do some writing or something, and uh, so I just happened to go west, and I already live all the way west, you know, like, I live second to the end of the uh, subway, so now I'm a little past the subway, and yeah, I'm just kind of here, and I'm just like, oh, I should call home, it's, uh, t- I guess it was an hour late, but, you know, I lost track of time, so I call, do the podcast or whatever, but now that I'm... Like, it hasn't been too bad living out here in Etobicoke, or like, I'm practically in Mississauga. It's actually kind of really nice, because it's not downtown and uh, stuff. But now that I'm planning to leave, it feels real weird, where I'm just like, just looking around at all this traffic and these weird, like, power lines that are going through here, and all these people that, like, this is just where they live all the time. And I'm just like, what am I even, why am I here? <laughs> like, how did I end up here? All of a sudden, it just seems so weird. So have you given your notice to your landlady yet? I know you mentioned yeah. that you yeah, might well, move. But. Yeah, yeah, I did mention it to her, yeah. So theoretically, uh, July should be my my free month because you pay first and last month's rent here. And it's, it's a handy place in a way, too, where, um, like, the rent wasn't great there, but, but it was all set. Like, it already had all the, you know, furnishings and cabinets and drawers and fucking whatever, lamps and microwaves, just all, all the mod cons couches and chairs, so uh, I don't have to worry about all that stuff. I can just leave it all. I had it all for the year, and that was cool, and now now it's her problem, <laughs> you know? Not her problem, you know, like, when you're settled, it's great to have stuff, but when you're moving around, it's the worst. It's a huge pain. So but, have you have you checked out any accommodations in Vancouver? No, no, not at all, no, uh, but I still do know. It turns out one of the, uh, remember I was always saying how much I'd like to be a projectionist, but that's not a job anymore, it's all digital. But uh, I found out that the head projectionist girl that uh, is one of the people I still know in Vancouver, she still is a projectionist because she works at Science World and she does those IMAX things where it's like 70 millimeter film. It's like these great big giant movies. And I I really doubt I could get in on that because that's like, uh, you know, like one person has that job and she's the one. (laughs) But, But I thought that was cool. It's like, man, somebody's still holding it down. Like that's still... Because it always felt like learning how to do all that stuff with film it was like like learning how to make I always think of it if, like if you learned how to make a sword or something <laughs> you know like it's a cool thing to know but in modern society there's no reason to know it being a projectionist was kind of like that like I know all these things that I, if I time traveled to 1930 I could run a projector but, <laughs> but there's no reason there's no anymore you know sometimes too it's kind of nice to know a little bit about okay things that are okay oh let's say a telephone for example right if you grow up and you all you've got is a smartphone or something, um, it's like you have no substance. So, but if you know how to use a rotary phone or a, uh, you know, or a I'm trying. I guess I'm trying to say it's kind of nice to know the background of things. Yeah. It, it gives. Uh, I don't know. It kind of gives a little bit of substance if you know the growth of some of these things. Although it's weird too like that like Alexander Graham Bell and have a whatever it was he used. Yeah, it's weird too because like I I know I guess I know of these things like or I know how they work, 
but I don't know how they work. Like I, I know how to use them, I guess. But yeah, I like like a rotary phone. Like I don't I don't really know what was going on in there. I should look it up sometime. Like yeah, just it's, it's ridiculously mechanical. Like you literally just have to turn the dial far enough so it knows what number. Like yeah, it's weird. How far back? Um, I guess like I have a cloudy view of like when these things changed over. But like the. Um, the thing where you would just like call an operator and they would have to pull plugs out of a board and put the new plugs in. Did okay, that ever now happen? That, in your I, life? that was that was before my time. Okay. But um, I the first phones I remember were the rotary phones, which were just uh, you know with the dial that went around like the circle and the, you put your finger in the hole and you move the the number around right. that way and then it would spin back again. But when I moved to when I was in high school and I moved to Campobello Island, um, I'm trying to remember that when we first moved there, it seemed to me that we didn't have a rotary phone. You picked up the phone, on, it was on the wall, and the way it went to an operator, and you told her a number. Now, that was only for the first year because we did get the rotary phone the, the next year. But she was a woman who, I think she had the switchboard in her house. And you picked up the phone and you said, like, you wanted, you didn't ask for a name, you'd, you'd ask for a number, 24, right. maybe, and that was somebody's house. And she must have been sitting in her bedroom or something with her little stick, and she'd stick it in this hole, and then you'd hear a ring ring, and then the person would answer. And if you didn't know the number, she knew everybody on the island, of course, if you didn't know the number, you could say a person's name, and of course she knew she knew which number to stick that thing in, I guess. But she also could listen in, because I remember everybody always talked about how you had to be careful what you said on the telephone, right. because she was listening in, and she could, she was real gossip, and she talked, there was no secrets on that telephone exchange. Yeah, I was just going to bring that up, that I mean, yeah, like, it, it's weird, though, because it's like, if you had that job, you probably would listen, but I bet it was boring as hell. <laughs> like, what really is ever happening? Now, I also remember when we got the dial phone, when I was a, a younger kid living in Fredericton, and we had the dial phone. There was one year that we didn't have our own our own line. Um, we lived, we had somewhere we lived in a little while. And we were on a party line, it was called. And there were four parties on that line. And you had so many rings, like let's say our house and I had three rings and somebody else said two rings and somebody else said one ring and four rings and we were only supposed to pick up the phone on the three rings oh really <laughs> we kids were always picking up the phone on everybody else's ring and listening and i remember once some woman yelled at me to get off the line <laughs> i don't know i couldn't figure out how did she know i was on the line but apparently she could hear me breathing right <laughs> so so it's like if you pick up first, it would mess it up, so you would wait for them to pick up, and then you pick up? Is that how, like, Well, if you picked form? up, um, you, you were picking up their, their phone message. Right. So if I wanted to call you, and you had one ring, and, uh, but your neighbor had two rings, and somebody picked up on the two rings, they could, they could listen in. You could listen right. in on, on all the conversations, or you could pick up their phone. It's really weird. It would be there, you know, you'd say, I'd say, well, I'm looking for Keith McNally, and I'd have somebody else's house, because somebody at that house picked up. But but you must have had your own numbers, right? So that it would have yeah, the we different had our amount own numbers. Of, the amount of rings? That's really weird. I wonder if that doesn't, it's strange. 
And I remember, I, I know Colin and Glenna had party lines until, oh, well, I don't know, I'm going to say maybe 20 years ago, because I was up at their house once, and the phone rang, and I picked it up, and it was for somebody else's house. And the person said, uh, oh, you're not supposed to pick up on this phone, you know, well, get on so I said, I said, oh, this must be a party line. Yeah, it must have been a blast, blast from the past. You must have felt like you were a kid again. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, you weird. don't think about it, you know. You think about it. Your phone's ringing at your house. It's your, it's your line. But, and, um, that, and it had to do with, well, it must have had to do with distances. Like, they, well, where they were up in Mount Hope, they wouldn't have had the same access to individual telephone lines like us. I guess, yeah. Man, that's a weird thing, too. Whenever I hear stuff about, like, just how different it must be to be a parent now, where uh, just stuff like, I mean, the internet is bananas. I don't know how anybody, I don't know. The, the fact that, that everyone just has access to the internet now, I think, is insane. But even just with phones, like uh, back in the day, say you're like some teenager and you want to date some girl, like you have to call her house. And, you know, you you, you would at least cross paths with the parents like on that level of them answering the phone maybe you know where now everybody has their own phones and like that whole system is totally circumvented it's just it's really weird to think about well there's very few people have actually hard line phones in their house anymore yeah yeah and you can try to be that parent that's like oh you're no, you you can't have a cell phone but i mean then you're just a dick in a different way <laughs> like you know <laughs> Well, and for and if somebody goes around without a cell phone, you're considered to be a real freak. How does that? Like I don't have one. Yeah, I was going to say. Always say me. You don't have a cell phone. Yeah, does that something like how does that affect you? Because uh, I don't, I don't have a, a fully functional one. Like I don't have all the little maps and stuff, so I get lost sometimes. But I still have, you know, I can still it text people. Doesn't affect me at all. Yeah. You know why it doesn't? Because I'm used to not carrying a phone around with me. I did have one for a while, and I turned it back in. I said, I don't want to be tied to that phone. Mm. Somebody needs to get in touch with me, they'll track me down. That's how things always did work before. Yeah. And I very rarely used it anyway. I mean, I can see how it would be valuable if you're traveling in your car and you get stranded by the side of the road. But hey, what did people do before? They somehow managed to find their way out of it. Yeah, definitely. When I did have it, I used to, if I was traveling around in a mall or whatever, and I'd lose Neil, I'd just phone him up on the phone. Right. Where are you? That was convenient. And now you get to roam around and try to find him. But that's what people always did. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I try to resist these types of things. Like, I definitely don't go all in, because, then it's crazy. These phones are like $800, and then the plans are like 80 bucks a month, and it's, especially in Canada, we have bad deals on phones. But, yeah, I just wonder if there's ever a point where it's just like, if if everybody else has it. Like, I'm kind of thinking of, like, with your law firm, like, how you guys eventually had to move to, like, the newer computers to get into the, uh, you know, the internet-connected uh, land titles and all this type of stuff. Like, I guess there just comes a point where eventually you you got to buckle, right? <laughs> you just got to do it. But maybe yeah. not with phones. Maybe you can just not, not bother with phones. I, I think that people... Um, it, it's like you feel you've got to have it because everybody else has got one. Right. But, um, and that's kind of the beauty of, of living in a time when you didn't have those things, because then you could say, you know what, I got by without it before, I can get by without it again. But if you're someone who never did get by without it, it's probably extremely difficult. Right. Yeah, and I mean, it is it's even just little stuff, like, uh, I can't remember when this was, but sometime here in Toronto where I, I was going to meet somebody at, uh, at a bar, and I got lost somehow, and I couldn't find the place, and, uh, 
and I didn't have the number of the guy I was gonna go meet up with and I ended up like literally having to ask people on the street for directions <laughs> and it all worked out fine but I felt like I was in the 70s all of a sudden I was like whoa this is what it always was like like you say you're gonna meet somebody and then if you guys both don't show up there then then what <laughs> you know? I just got a spider yeah, whereas on there it, whereas if you've got that phone on your hip all the time yeah you've, you've got yeah, even but just... then it gets to a point of you don't live your own life anymore. You're kind of living the life for that telephone. People who are at your beck and call. And if they had something important to call you about, okay. But half the time, it's much crap. Yeah, no, that's true. What are we having for supper tonight? Well, wait the hell you get home and find out. Or go make it yourself. <laughs> you know, or or I'm... Uh, oh, I'm just bored here. I'm waiting for the bus. I thought I'd... Uh, I just thought I'd send you a text or have a little chat with you. You know, go away. I just can't be bothered answering or talking to you. That is one thing I'm curious about, though, to see how it goes, is, um... Man, I gotta... I always say, like, I looked around, I looked all around for a quieter phone, and, you know, just couldn't find one. Anyway, um, this, this traffic is driving me nuts, but, uh... Um... I was just gonna say, oh yeah, I was curious to see... I'm curious to see how things kind of evolve, uh, as far as... Like, people that do just, like, grow up always having the internet, say. Because, like, I just read an article the other day about people born in the late 70s and early 80s, like, my exact uh, generation, and how we were the ones where it switched over. Like, we were all in high school when the internet became a thing, and then cell phones and all this stuff. And specifically, I guess, like, it's becoming a huge kind of... uh, story now or issue of guys and uh, like just internet porn addiction basically because like it's just we it used to be the old world where you had to go find a magazine in the woods or some crap or steal your dad's porn fucking movie and then all of or a sudden go into a bookstore and see if you could look behind that brown paper wrapper <laughs> yeah see what was inside <laughs> which is weird too because it's funny because now that everything's on the internet uh actual stores have become way more conservative even just stuff like playboy is always uh in a plastic bag you just like you can't open them anymore but but yeah just all of a sudden it's like it's like a, a faucet it's just like a normal utility like you just turn on the tap and here come naked people <laughs> you know and it's becoming like a real thing of people my age of uh people in their 20s and 30s getting like erectile dysfunction and all this stuff because it's just like like we're still just these dumb hunter gatherers we can't handle this this situation where it's just like like there's here it is here's limitlessness that you should never have had access to but but what's interesting is it seems like the next generation coming along like when I imagine that I'm like you mean I could have been 10 years old and I could just go on the internet and like see porn like what the hell but it seems like that's not really happening so much because they just have a different view of that device and how it's supposed to be used and it's it's interesting it seemed like a calamity, maybe. but maybe it's only my generation that Could got... it be, um, like, uh, too much? Too, you know, sometimes when you get... Okay, well, 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 let's go back in time a little bit, and you'd see um, women in bathing suits at the turn of the century. You know, their bathing suits were like a full, almost a full-size dress, and if they exposed their ankles... Oh, yeah, God, it's like goodness. The ankle. Oh, my God, you can see the calf. Ah. And then you moved into a, a virtually things that are a little bigger than pasties uh, covering the body and now it's like, yeah, 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 whatever you know another body with a bunch of little pasties all over it it's almost like uh you you make it so so much of it 
that it no longer has any shock or interest value anymore. Yeah, that's the kind of the sense I'm getting a bit. Well, I remember like Marilyn Manson saying that. He's like, man, I wish I could have been a musician in like the 50s. Are you kidding? People would have literally murdered me. <laughs> like it's so hard to offend people now. But back then it was so easy. But yeah, it does seem a bit like, like this new generation coming up. It's like they just seem to have like a better grasp on on just like how wildly unhealthy it is mm. to just spend all day looking but at porn like on the it's internet. So, it's there and it's so easily accessible, so hey, like what's the thrill? Right. There's no big charge of getting, of getting or even looking at it anymore because there's just too much. Yeah, whereas being around for the transition, like it was, yeah, it, was a, it was a weird like, time. Holy Moses, let's get that out. It's in, be looking at porn everywhere. It's interesting too because it's one of those things people don't like talk about a lot, kind of like deaf people in the farts or whatever. Like there's just these things people don't talk about, but like it's becoming a big enough thing now that yeah, like I'm starting to see articles and stuff. Like apparently it's it's huge numbers. It's like 20 or 30 percent of people my age like can't sustain erections anymore because they've just like fried their brains <laughs> just looking at porn like all of the time and i'm like dude holy shit like it kind of i can kind of see how that happens that's... anyway I, that's what i think you, you you expose everybody that's why when there's all this uh, uh freaking out because oh my god they're watching too much of this they're watching too much of that well eventually you give them give them enough of it and they're just tired of it. Yeah, yeah, like that's what's kind of nice is like you get this, this, um, you know, like oh my god, everything's going terrible. Uh, society's getting so much worse, but, but not really. <laughs> you know, like things do kind of level out, and like SAT scores and stuff go up every year. Like people really are getting smarter and smarter. So yeah, it's not so bad. Boy, you know what's funny though? Do you remember that game Mortal Kombat? I remember the name, but I don't know a lot about it. So uh, in the early 90s, it was really controversial because it was one of the first games that was really violent. Like, you could literally tear your opponent's head off at the end of the match, and, like, his spine would be dangling from the head, and it had these, you know, just blood everywhere. But it was, like, silly looking because it was just, you know, 1990s graphics. Like, you know, it was really just sort of dumb. But it was one of those things, like, parents' groups freaked out about it. To this day, there's a... uh, like a, a ratings board for video games that basically started because of that game. And and it seems kind of like they uh, it was too much too soon because nowadays video games are way worse, way more violent and way more realistic and way more disturbing. But nobody cares anymore, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like all those groups, like everyone got tired of listening to them and now no one cares at all. So then uh, again, on the surface, that seems like, oh my god, like, is this what kids are playing these days? It's horrifying. But everything seems to be fine. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, it's like there's a whole lot of them who just can't be bothered because it's just so easily accessible that, oh, um, you know, it's just not a, yeah, it just doesn't have the big draw because it's too, it's too excessive. Yeah. Too much of it, too easy. Yeah, so I mean, that is kind of nice. That gives me a certain sort of faith in humankind in a way that uh, yeah, that in just 10 or 15 years, it seems like things have kind of leveled out. And are, they're leveling out too with my weird generation now that people are recognizing this stuff and whatever. But, but yeah, I feel like we were like the generation where, uh, I don't know, it's like when crack cocaine was invented or something. <laughs> like you just don't realize how powerful and messed up it is to have the internet all of a sudden. And, and not just like with the porn thing, but like... Uh, video games and stuff like getting addicted to playing online video games and like there's just a whole raft of weird things that happen well and there's there's no question that your generation uh, things came like incredibly fast 
Mm-hmm. Yes, it was all kinds of developments of, you know, the phone and and computers and knowing cars and all that stuff in the early part of, like, the first half of the 20th century. But the, the part from about, let's say, 1975, Well, just when you take, okay, a cell phone, for example, if you watch TV shows from, let's say, the mid-1970s, right. um, they had cell phones, would you ever see the size of them? Holy moly, yeah. God, they're great big giant things that they held in their hand, yeah. with a great big kind of box on the end. And um, by the end of the century, there are things that are, like, the size of your, the palm of your hand. Yeah, and they're like, I can't remember, you know, the specific number, but it's like, like the average phone in someone's pocket is like 600 times better than the computer that got us to the moon or whatever. Yeah. Probably, probably more than that, probably 6,000 times better. So it came, it came very, very fast and the, and the changes were, I mean, I don't know how anybody kept ever kept up with them. The technology was incredible in the last, let's say, 30 years, 40 years. We'll give it 40 years. But really no 30 years. But yeah, I, don't know, I think maybe it's not the worst thing in the world to just be like, you know what, I don't need a phone. Like, nuts to this. <laughs> you know? Like, it takes two to tango. Like, you know, it's kind of a neat thing, though, is, um, so I guess I was thinking about this, too, when you mentioned Campobello again. Uh, I, I guess, well, it's like the, where it's, it's nice to be able to connect with people on the internet, but it's also weird in some ways. Like, that's one reason why I don't really use Facebook very much. I, I like to use Twitter, because Twitter is just whoever. It's just people that listen to me when I was in New York and stuff, and just whatever. I can just say whatever I want, and no one cares. Whereas Facebook, everybody's there. All my relatives and everybody I, I used to know and stuff. So, like, I never talk about my podcasts or anything on Facebook, because I'm like, I don't know. I don't need all these people listening to me talk about my life. But the one person who found me on Twitter is uh, Allison from, uh, from Campobello. No, Alice is smart, your cousin. Yeah, so she uh, found me on Twitter, and I, you know, whenever I put up a podcast, I just mention it on Twitter. So she found this podcast. I think she only listened to the one episode about dual citizenship and Campobello. And the reason she clicked that one is because she, she mentioned, she's told me, like, yeah, I have dual citizenship also. Like, I wasn't born on a boat, but, <laughs> but I have it. But I thought that was kind of interesting. It's just like nobody really has ever found any of my podcasts in all these years that I know. And uh, she's the first one. She found it. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of neat. I doubt she's going to keep listening or anything, but it's kind of cool. Oh, you'd be surprised. They don't have a whole lot to do on Campobello Island. <laughs> she might, she might be listening to more of them. Of all the podcasts to find, too, like, of the one about Campobello and dual citizenship, it's like a tailor-made podcast for her. Like, <laughs> it's basically, here, let's talk about your life a little bit kind of podcast. But anyway, so that's a it's a half hour show. Glad to want some stuff, but yeah, I think uh, just because this man, the sound is really going to be bad because of this road. I hate roads, man. I heard there's a, you know, the Gardner Expressway in Toronto. That's like that big overpass that's down by yeah. the, the the water. Mm-hmm. I guess they um, they did something recently, some kind of vote or uh, or some kind of study where they need to repair the thing, and to repair it is like you know so many hundreds of millions of dollars and then they're like you know for approximately the same amount of money we could just tear this goddamn thing down <laughs> just be like fuck this thing and uh and that got like a huge amount of the vote like people are like i hate this thing everyone hates it let's just tear it down and man that'd be awesome i'd love to come back to toronto and that 
awful thing. What would they replace it with, though? I guess some kind of like a boulevard system. Like, it would still be a great big nightmare highway, but, but that thing is a psycho nightmare. Like, it's so sucky. Like, there's no way to get to the waterfront without dealing with it, and you gotta go through these underpasses that are just like so loud and they just rattle yeah, your brain. Yeah, I know where you, yeah, I mean, I knew the name of it, but now that you're describing it, yes, I know what you're talking about. When we were there, you, you pointed it out. Yeah, it sucks so bad, because I used to live right by there at uh, Jarvis and uh, Front, or Jarvis and Esplanade, for anyone who knows Toronto. So I was right by the waterfront, but there was no way to get there without uh, a horrible... It, the same thing happened in New York. I guess they did this back in like the, the 40s or the 50s where they just built up these big awful road systems all around the water, all in Manhattan, and, and now it's just a piece of shit that everyone hates, <laughs> and it's just stuck there. See, in those times, they were more concerned with uh, having tr uh, good traffic flow. Mm. But in recent years, uh, since everybody's become a little more environmentally conscious, uh, the waterfront has gained uh, any amounts of you know, popularity, and that's why you see places like uh, Toronto's got a beautiful waterfront now. But if you went back in time, let's say 50, 40, 50, 60 years, I bet it sure as hell wasn't nice. It wasn't developed. It was probably just all big warehouses and, you know, effluents going into the water, whereas now they're trying to make it uh, very... Uh, friendly, user friendly, you have those nice big hotels on the water and I mean like the, that section that we were when we went out on that boat. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, but but you could still see too how it's fifty fifty. Like you can still see on the horizon a lot of weird factories and stuff. Like it's still transitioning a little. Yeah, oh yeah, they're still there. But there's a movement now to kind of have people enjoy those things. So uh, whereas before it was just get the traffic moving, put in the big thoroughfares, and it didn't matter if they could be right practically on the waterfront. Yeah, yeah, nowadays, yeah, it's like, especially too, I mean, there's so many other places that the, all that traffic could be in Toronto. Literally anywhere else wouldn't be ruining the waterfront. <laughs> like, it's in the worst place. For, for yeah, for prettiness, maybe not for, uh, you know, if it's all boats and stuff back in the day, but yeah, those days are over. That's one thing I'm looking Even in for. our rinky-dink little city, I mean, we, there's been quite a bit of movement put in the, in the rivers. Like when you go down by the all those, um, uh, like St. Anne's Point and all those places that are down along the wherever, the walking trails that are all by the river. Right. Um, down by where City Hall is, that was all uh, businesses that were right on the water. And now they took them out and they extended the roadways like into the river itself so that now the cars all travel around there on an area that's very scenic even the bridge to nowhere hey that was all put in there just to um to enhance people's enjoyment of the river that's one thing i'm really looking forward to about going back out west is that vancouver it's got that kind of i mean it's still a big city and a lot of businessy stuff going on there but it definitely has way more of a uh like just the the sort of stereotypical hippie vibe of like they don't allow big box stores like Walmart and stuff. They're just like you just can't do it. They just you're just not allowed. And uh, and for bicycling, man, I've never been in a city worse than Toronto. Toronto is the worst. It's worse than Manhattan, hands down. It's the worst. So stuff like that'll be cool. Like yeah, they care about pedestrians and they care about people taking bicycles and. And uh, that'll be good for me because I don't even have a car, so you know. Yeah, and they and they actually, uh, they I think they if they could keep cars out of the downtown of Vancouver, they'd be just as happy. Yeah. 
it's not it's not uh, it's not built for for a lot of cars so you don't get streets that are like in Toronto I mean your all of your streets are god they're like eight lanes yeah and it's just like scary bicycling like man I almost got hit a couple times and I'm just like yeah like my my landlady this year was like I can get you a cheap bicycle it's just like I just don't want to it's too scary <laughs> I just don't like it like you'd think Manhattan would be worse because there's more traffic but it's more gridlocked so it's not nearly as bad seeming and then Vancouver is all set up for that and uh, Montreal was a surprise like really nice place because they have those weird Quebec traffic patterns like you can't turn right on a red and and it just seems like all the lights are very slow and uh, I don't know it's just nice like nothing feels too intense there Whereas Toronto, I don't know. Like that's and the thing. that's one thing I gotta say. When uh, when we went to Vancouver, right. um, I when you're in the downtown, you never got the impression that everybody was just moving fast, had to be there, yeah. hurry, 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 hurry. It seemed to be at a much, you know, a, a reasonable pace of life. Yeah, that's where. Um, I mean, I think in some ways my mind is shifting a little just because. I'm planning to leave, you know, so I'm starting to think of things differently or whatever, but, uh, like, I, I thought Toronto was a lot nicer than I expected, uh, mostly because of its horrible reputation and because I came from New York, and, like, it's way nicer than than that, but still, it's like, if you want to come be a big blowhard businessman douchebag with a giant horrible car and just suck, <laughs> and, like, Toronto's where you go, it's the only place to go. And, and it does kind of make me think, like, why am I here? Like, I'm not trying to be an actor. I'm not trying to be a businessman. What the hell am I doing here? <laughs> it's, it's been a fun little thing to do, but it really doesn't make a lot of sense. And there really yeah. is, like, each city, like, really does have, like, a personality. And, yeah, Vancouver's is just way better. <laughs> well, hopefully you won't get to Vancouver and find the old saying that you can never go back to where you were before. You know, the first time you go to visit something, it's quite you're quite taken with it. Yeah, well, I mean, that very well might happen, because I think that happened when I did go back to Vancouver. I only went back for six months, but before I went to New York, like, yeah, it absolutely wasn't the same. But, eh, you know, we'll see. We'll give it a try. Yeah, certainly give it a try. Heck, maybe you'll go up there and find that it's not your thing and you might do something like go further north. I can't see you doing that, though. You're not a cold lover. Yeah, there's really nowhere else to go in Canada is kind of the problem. <laughs> you know, as far as, like, temperate weather, it's like Toronto, Vancouver, the end. Maybe just deeper into B.C. Like, I know some people in Victoria and stuff, so that could be an idea. Yeah, no, I thought Victoria was a lovely city when I was there. Yeah, people out. Are... I was only there for four days. Yeah, I was there for a couple of myself. People always joke it's like a retirement city, but I don't know. I could be all right. Dude, one thing, there is like a ton of retirement homes around where I live now. And uh, I don't even know exactly what it is, but apparently lawn bowling is the thing to do once you're retired. There's lawn bowling associations everywhere. Now, see, around here, it's golfing. Right. But, uh, but I don't even think that golfing... There was a time there about 10 years ago, oh my God, there were golf courses every time you blinked your eyes and somebody was golfing and there was a golf course being built. I don't think they're quite the big thing. There is a bowling club here in Fredericton. I don't know how popular it is. But, well, that's I mean, a lawn bowling thing. My friend Matt... Yeah, I don't know. But the you point... get out there with your little bats and your little, <laughs> your little wooden bat picking up a ball, throwing it around the grass. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know how it works, but one point Matt made that I thought was funny is uh, is he's like, well, I mean, these are the people that, uh, you know, they've already gone through all this stuff. They've 
lived their lives, they did everything they wanted to do, and now this is what they want to do, so it must be pretty fun. <laughs> and I guess, like, say, we worked all those years, and now we can lawn bowl all that we want. So yeah, maybe it's the best, who knows. But I anyway... Uh, I don't think I'll give up my day job to go and do lawn bowling. <laughs> right? It must be competitive, too. Everybody does it. But anyway, I guess I should wrap up. Okay, well, um, Get so when's this, this, when's this, uh, this cabin trip? Uh, in, yeah, so it's not... July, right? It's not all set in stone yet, but I think it's the, like, July 11th weekend. So yeah, I'll probably... I'm, as soon as that gets nailed down, I'll probably just like go grab a plane ticket so that it won't be too expensive. It's always better to get plane tickets in advance. But just in case, because we were talking about maybe the very end of July, like the 25th weekend, so uh, I don't want to get a ticket that's too soon. But yeah, I think that could work out. And then yeah, as far as Vancouver, you know, I'm sure for those first couple of weeks, I'll just get something that's a terrible deal or whatever. Just, you know, but... Uh, yeah, and uh, since again I just don't own anything, so that should be no problem. I think I can fit all my stuff in one in one box. The one thing I've got is I did buy a really nice pair of boots last winter. Like they're just awesome, and I might not even need them in Vancouver, but I'll I'll like leave those with Brad. Just like just mail me my boots if I send for them. <laughs> but other than that, well, they keep your feet nice and warm, even if you don't need them to keep them nice and dry. Yeah. Actually, it might need to keep them nice and dry. It's, it's raining out there, isn't it? And, uh, yeah, constantly. And one thing uh, I bought, too, that is awesome that, uh, I don't know why it took me so long to get one of these, but it's like one of those book bags that has the wheels on it that you see people at airports use. Yeah. So it's awesome, because I can just use, like, a normal book bag, but, you know, for this trip, it's going to be pretty packed full, I'm guessing, so. But you just get the little wheels, wheeling around, it's it's the best. So, yeah, it should be... Sounds like you're set for a big move. Yeah, it should be no big, no big problem, no big strings attached to this weird this little this little bonus year in Toronto that probably shouldn't have been a thing anyway but what it was but yeah and then I was thinking like well I guess there's always the uh, I could come home and then go to Vancouver but uh, you know I think uh, I already tried that last summer and it was weird yeah so. <laughs> I think you kind of burned yourself out with the little trip here for a bit I'm not expecting you to come back east for a yeah. while and I mean I think that was a combination of stuff it was like you know uh yeah, I was at home for a little too long, and I was all stressed out about all this dumb shit going on here in Ontario, and, you know, I was obviously, obviously kind of at the end of my rope, <laughs> you know, so, I think I can only remember that one day where I really got mad, but it was about nothing, it was just stupid, I was just like, it was just, I was just stressed, man, so yeah, I think it, this time I'll just, I'll just head straight out west, just bing bang boom. Okay. Cool. All right. So yeah, I guess I'll call you next week, and I'll I'll try to remember. So yeah, it's like that's right. I gotta call at six thirty, four seven thirty. So that was okay. That, <laughs> yeah. Okay. That, well, that's that good. That was okay. All right. Yeah. As long as either way, because yeah, I mean, I'm surprised I forgot that actually. But yeah, just in my brain, I just had the number seven thirty, and I just didn't think about it twice. So. Oh, if you want to do it like eight o'clock, that's no problem. Eight o'clock, eight thirty, no problem. Cool. All right. Well, that's good. Nice. Okay. So I guess I'll talk to you next week. Have a nice week. I will. You too. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye-bye.